Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, Red Bud Wrap Up. Remember, everybody, when you're ordering from BTOsports.com, you can word the use the code word Steve and save yourself big money. Um, thanks uh, for supporting it. Thanks for supporting the show. And thanks for listening. And uh, with me on the line is um, two true champions of the sport, one in the booth, one on the track. Uh, first, we'll get to the one on the track. Jason Thomas, what's happening? Uh, I'm not real sure about that champion of the sport deal, but um, I was out there. Yeah, yeah, and and you had your best race of the year, I'd say. We'll get to that. And the champion in the booth, um, Jamie Bestwick. No, just kidding. Jason Wygant, what's up? I was wondering, with Bestwick in there, coming fresh off his sixth X Games gold and defending Mike Brown from being the oldest X Games gold medalist ever, um, I was wondering if I was still champion in the broadcast booth. I'm glad to still have that in my arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think Beswick walks away at the end of the day announcing motocross and goes, man, I killed it? Do you think that he thinks he's killing it? I wouldn't go kill it level, but I think he thinks he does a good job. Yeah. Like, I don't at all think that he leaves saying, man, I'm way, way on over my head here or anything like that. Well, I haven't watched both shows all the way yet I'm, I'm working through them today uh on the monday but uh yeah he's not good i'm sorry it's just not good um in my experience and i'm not even passing on an opinion of what i think of him um i'm not even going to go there in my experience though when it comes to television and shooting photos no one has a realistic idea of how good they really are or not everyone thinks they're good at it yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seems maybe. to have no connection between how good you actually are. Right. It's very strange to me. Sort of like JT in racing. Thinks he's awesome. Thinks he's, I mean, <laughs> that is incorrect. I mean, there's no, bigger ego, there's no bigger ego when it comes down yeah, to the track. Totally. Jason Thomas. <laughs> um, Red Bud uh, comes and goes halfway point of the series, and we're starting to see uh, something shake out. And uh, I guess first let's cover J- JT, your race. Uh, you went uh, 21 uh, where is it here? 25, I think. 25, 21, 25 on the day. Um, no points, but your best race of the, of the, of the year, I think. And also, um, kudos to you. Your fastest lap of the first moto was on the very last lap. So good job on that. Uh, yeah, thanks. It was all right. Um, just, you know, definitely the first moto I think was, uh, the best I've ridden at the end. I, I didn't ride well at the beginning of the moto. Um, and then I kind of got it together a little bit, and I think I got encouraged when I started seeing people tired, and that kind of, uh, I don't know, it's just been rough every moto, you know, haven't been doing good, and then that just kind of, uh, mentally you're just like, oh, man, you know, 
you don't have any fire or anything. So when I started catching people and passing people, then you get encouraged, and then you're you know get some adrenaline going, and then I started riding better, and all kind of came together. And uh, second moto wasn't as good. It, it was still you know decent for how my year's been going results wise, but I just didn't feel as good. So I mean, overall, I wasn't obviously happy with my day, but um, the first moto was uh, a step in the right direction. Anyway, let's, let's go with that. The uh, the Red Bud track, um, JT, one of your favorites, or where does it rank? It seems to be pretty high on everybody else's uh, list. Uh, I like it. Um, I don't know. It's not my favorite, but I definitely like it. There, there's, uh, it's hard not to like. The dirt's great. The layout's really fun. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's probably my top three. Secretly, though, one of the drawbacks to it is it's hard to pass, isn't it? Everything kind of funnels into one line. It, it is. Um, obviously, the, the track has changed. Um, the layout's changed quite a bit uh, over the years with all the, you know, it seems like they changed those tree turns, those off-cameras and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, they definitely do. You know, you, you kind of, uh, <clears throat> you know, you can get next to somebody, but unless you're really forcing the issue or someone makes a mistake, it seems like everything funnels back to the inside rut everywhere. Right. So um, definitely have to get aggressive or, you know, kind of bonsai around the outside at times. Uh, but, yeah, I would agree with that statement for sure. Do you uh, want to tell and us? Oh, go ahead. Mark. I heard that JT did just that. Let's get a little analysis. Let's get a little insight. Let's go inside here. That's only we can do on the show because we have one of the riders involved in the battle on the show. Battle not Dungy. Of, battle of the day. Not Stewart. Yeah. It's not Bag. It's not Barsha. But still the battle of the day. A photographer told me, at the most aggressive move, the most impressive pass he saw all day in six motos, even watching WMX, which you know is known for unbelievable racing at Redbud, was JT Money making a move on Dowd. Best John pass Dowd. of the day. 47-year-old John Dowd. <laughs> battling Thanks, outside the points. Thanks, outside the points, battling 46, 46 right now. Well, and, and, and JT, my Twitter was blowing up after the race. Uh, I didn't have that great a service, so I didn't get to check it till after the race. And there must have been ten or fifteen comments about great to see the Jason Thomas John Dowd battle. <laughs> it's what you came yeah, to it was, That's <laughs> it, it was cool. Um I definitely know the pass that you're talking about. Uh was that that long uphill uh that bends to the right and then has that huge berm where uh Tapia and Barsha ran into each other, which we'll talk about. Um, but Dowd had been sticking to the inside there, and I'd been following him. We'd been going back and forth all moto, and uh, it was coming down to the last few laps, and I just was like, all right, I'm just going for it here, and basically just held it wide open all the way around that berm and bonsai, you know, around him, because then it kind of bends back to the inside if you go outside in the first one. So um, that's cool he saw it there, because I was definitely uh, I was definitely hanging it out, which I haven't been doing much of this year, so. And, and JT made a comment to me uh, after the race that, uh, as as regards to that first that last uh, lap being your first your best one, uh, the junkyard dog had his teeth on you and was not letting go. <laughs> he did. That was uh, that was the main reason I did my best lap that lap because uh, I had passed him like halfway at the halfway point. Uh, he kind of moved over for me. You know, kind of gave me the line. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know, I, I got him covered here. And then two laps later, he came he came right back by me. He set me up, um, and, uh, you know, 
went back by, and he, he actually had dropped his last times quite a bit. I think he had picked up a few of my lines or whatever. Dropped his time. Um, so I, you know, latched back onto him, and uh, we were actually moving through people pretty good there. You know, at, at one point we were like 30th or I think I was actually 35th at one point. And then, you know, we dropped down to 30th and then 25th, and then, you know, we were still picking guys off. And then, like, two laps to go, that was when I bonds I passed him there. Uh, and then he was all over me. I, I mean, it was just like the races I grew up seeing, you did not want John Dowd behind you, you know, with <laughs> a lap or two to go. And right. obviously it's not the same John Dowd, you know, as it was back then, but it, he still has that mindset, you know, still the same, the same guy in, in that helmet. So I knew that I just had to give it everything I had that last lap to, uh, to hold him off. And I, I honestly had no, <clears throat> no idea what position I was in. I knew we were right around the points. Yeah. And obviously not having a point all year, you know, I, I was given everything I had, and uh, I was good, for sure. I, I just kind of hit all my marks that last lap, and, um, you know, unfortunately it was one spot out, but that's the way it goes. It's funny, um, you know, everybody goes to the races, and, and, and they watch the guys at the front, and they, they see the battles, but here you are, 21st place, 47-year-old John Dowd, Jason Thomas. I mean, you guys are going – you know, you guys are going for it. You're pushing the limit. You're really trying hard. And it's kind of the stuff that nobody sees or thinks about because we're all talking about the winners and the guys at the front. But it's just – it's gnarly back at 20th too. Yeah, it is. And I looked at the lap times like the last – you know, at the end, you know, I did – my last lap was a 2.17. And, uh, you know, I looked at the laps, the lap times, like the last two laps of all the guys in front of us. And it's not like we were going much slower. I mean, we were – Mm-hmm. on the pace of everybody in front of us up to, you know, a certain point. Right. Um, you know, the, obviously those guys, the first half of the moto were sprinting faster than us, and that's why they beat us. But yeah. the pace we were going the last couple laps when we were in our own little war there was good enough to be, you know, top 15 or better. It's just, uh, you know, obviously that's that's the problem is they were going much quicker than us the rest of the moto. But we were definitely going for it. There were, we weren't leaving anything out there and uh, – you know, it was just for pride. I mean, neither of us are, are you know, trying to get a factory ride out of this or chasing the dream anymore. We were just out there, you know, just racing like you would be at an amateur race. I think it's awesome, Wygant, that Dowd is still coming out, and, and not just for Southwick. That's pretty Actually, cool. Actually, uh, the rules have worked in the favor of the series by requiring 25 points. We get more Dowd now. Yeah. Bonus Dowd. Yeah, and we're going to get Dowd this weekend. He's going to Millville. Yeah, he's going to Millville. Yeah. Unadilla, I would think, too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he went last year, but he didn't make it. That's right. He didn't make it. Yeah. The uh, uh, Mike Brown came out as well. Brownie running out of gas uh, late in the first moto while in the points, and I don't know what happened to him in the second moto. Anybody? I heard it was another. The rumor was he ran out of gas again, but I heard today there was a different bike problem. Oh. Um, but he really got screwed there because he would have. you need to score 25 points, and I think he would have been darn close to doing that in one day. Yeah, yeah, probably would have had you know, him he would have got, or He was in 10th in the yeah. first moto, so that's 11 points right there. Mm-hmm. And he was probably close to that in the second moto. I mean, he could have scored 20-some points, right. and instead he got zero. One more thing about Dow, JT. You said that you and him were actually having a good conversation uh, before, the, before the moto started. Yeah, we, and we've never really spoken other than, you know, kind of cordial, hey, how's it going? You know, obviously I have a lot of respect for him, so if I'm ever in a situation to say hi to him, I, I do. Um, but we've never... <clears throat> never been in a situation where it was just me and him 
just having a conversation about stuff and uh we were both standing in kind of in the same little shady area before the first moto and um I honestly wasn't real sure if he knew me or knew anything about me or anything like that but you know he was super nice and we were just kind of talking about you know we're both um you know obviously I'm just kind of about to step away and um you know his his career days of racing are you know long behind him so we're just kind of reflecting on that, and I was just telling him this was the first year that I really noticed a drop off and and where I felt like I should be and stuff like that. And he was, you know, oh, he obviously could relate to that stuff. So uh, we had a great talk, and then it was just weird that the first time we ever talked like that, then we end up just battling it out. You know, the whole moto, both motos. I mean, from the first lap of both motos to the end, mm-hmm. we were together. So just really ironic and funny and. uh I wish I could have seen him after the race because I, I was laughing inside my helmet after both motors that worked out. <laughs> Dad was probably, were, we, were you guys talking about like microwave ovens and things like that? Like all the sort of new Yeah, short-wave short radios, yeah. Um, you know, uh, all kinds of... Uh, <laughs> Newfangled devices <laughs> that these kids have. <laughs> old technology. <laughs> they, have yeah, these, uh, they have these pads that they hold around that they watch TV on. We were just, we were marveling at the monoshock. Um <laughs> Couldn't get past it. Um, well, JT, uh, yeah, but uh, good luck. Uh, you know, this weekend at Millville, where you, hopefully it's something you can build on. And if you're battling, yeah, if you're sure. battling doubt again, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, we we're really close in speed all day. Obviously, our lap times right. of practice were close. Our race together all day, and Millville's a pretty good track for me. And I'm sure, you know, obviously he won there back in his day, so I wouldn't doubt it. We'll probably battle again for another. I, 70 minutes. I watched Dowd in practice for a little bit, and I don't want to say he's scrubbing, but he's doing something over the finish line tabletop to get to the ground quicker. Something. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's not a scrub, but he seems to recognize <laughs> that these kids are doing things, and he's trying to do something to get to the ground sooner. So good for him. Well, it's, just, it's the same for me. I'm not very good at scrubbing either. Actually, I get made fun of every day that I ride with Ashley Filek because Timmy says that she scrubs much better than me, so it's right. a great joke, you know. But yeah. I'm not sure if the listening public is aware of this, but um, everyone's favorite pastime is making fun of me that I ride with, from yeah. Timmy to Chad to Werner to literally anyone I'm around. Yeah, Filek to be their even? number one hobby. Filek, even Filek. Like even. Yeah, yeah she no does. She signs jokes to Timmy, and then he relates them to me, and everyone laughs. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. There's I mean, it is what it is. I, I can understand how Dow feels, though. These kids are... Every, everything they do makes them go faster from, you know, technique to their aggression to scrubbing to... I'm just, you know, I wish, wish they would quit it. I'm over it. Um, all right, let's get to the races. Let's get uh, let's go to um, 450s first, I guess. Uh, James Stewart came back. Dungey crushed him, crushed everybody with another 1-1. But did you think, Wygant, that uh, Stewart would be A, better, B, about where he was, or C, worse uh, at the beginning of the day than what he was? Uh, I'd be amazed if anyone didn't think he would be better. I mean, I did, only because of the Stewart standard of you kind of assume that unless he knows that he's got what it takes to win, he's not going to race. I mean, he's already proven it this year. I mean, he got a fifth at high point, 
and some dudes might have gone out there and tried to scratch out a tenth in the second moto um, just for points or whatever. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't ride through pain. I mean, the dude, the dude's tough. I mean, you could say a lot about James Stewart, but he has hit the ground hard a lot and gotten back up and raced the next week or later on that night, whatever. Or, yeah, or just, yeah, right away. <laughs> yeah, right away. Like, I'm not saying that it's that he can't ride in pain. I'm just saying that, you know, some guys will be like, hey, if 15th is all I can get today because I'm hurt, I'll take it. That's never really been Stewart's deal. So I figure if he can't win, he's not coming back. So I thought we'd see something close to what we had at the beginning of the year, but it sounds to me like that wasn't the case. Like he knew he maybe wouldn't be good enough to win, and third was as good as he could do, and he actually seemed okay with that. He was actually pretty happy at the end of the day. I found it strange that at high point, with the damaged hand, um, you know, fresh still, six days old, um, he comes out and uh, sets the fastest time in practice at high point. This weekend, with rest and everything else, comes out and doesn't set the fast time, and you know doesn't isn't really even in the running. Uh, I don't think he was even close to Dunge, although I could be wrong. Um, I found that a little strange, a little little different, a little weird. In lap times in the pra- in practice, yeah, but for the first lap and the first lap only of the first moto, uh, he was all over Dunge, almost looking for a way around him. And you're like, okay, well that's basically yeah. at least. 99% of the same guy that was there in Hangtown and, and Freestone. So at that moment, you're like, okay, he's, he's yeah. still the same guy. And then from that moment on, he was not. What do you think, JT? It was still there. Still there. Uh, yeah, he was only four tenths off in practice, so, and he was second. So it wasn't like it was a huge oh, drop off. I, I thought he was more, um, more, more than that. So Yeah, I mean, four tenths. Right. Or not, not four tenths. Uh, I think it was four. Or yeah, it was four tenths. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but that's nothing. I mean, that's, right. you know. Just fogging down for half a second coming out of a rut, that's nothing. So I thought he was over a um, second. I thought it was a second or more slower than Dunge. No, they were, they were the only 205s, both of them. Um, but they, I mean, I, I definitely expected Dungey to win this weekend mm-hmm. just because of, I thought it would be more of the conditions and not so much just raw speed, uh, but I think it was both. I, I didn't expect Dungey to just be able to ride away from him at the beginning like he did. But uh, I think it was very apparent that James hadn't been riding. I've never seen James that sloppy, really, before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I give him—I give James a lot of credit for being out there, though. I, I've never seen James. Well, I guess the first moto Mount Morris he did, but yeah, very rarely do you see James struggle and just stick it out. Yeah, and just you know, be com- be com- you know content with that the speed he was going and. You know, Michael S. He kind of rode away from him, and uh, he was just okay with it. So I give him credit for that. Um, but I really did think he would be the second place guy. I did. I, I thought, you know, okay, Dungey's Dungey's on fire right now. There's no other way to put it. He's killing everyone, and in this heat, it just plays into his hand even more. Nobody's going to touch him today. Period. I, I said that. You know, we were just been tracing my team and stuff, and I, that was my stance right. going into the weekend. Was just Dungey was you know he was going to win. I was a little bit surprised at James not being the second place guy, but once I saw the tape, you know, and, and uh, the television coverage of him riding, it was just so obvious to me that he had been spending a lot of time off the bike. So um, I don't know. I, I think if if he is not that sore, and you know, as far as uh, his injury, and he can practice this week, um, I would be very surprised if you didn't see him come out next week and go two two. Yeah, I, I think I think you nailed. It. I think you're right. I thought it, he would 
run with Dungey for a little while, and uh, Dungey would pull away, and then he'd go two two. So I, I guess I thought he would be better too, but it's it's more interesting with him on the on the track than uh, than off, no doubt. Why again? It looks to me like uh, well, actually, maybe this question is better for JT because we had talked about it a few weeks back. It looks to me like Dungey's really got his bike working well. Um, there was some stuff at Texas where you were like, "Well, that thing's a little skitterish. It's a little busy." Um, it looks pretty damn good now. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Um, the track was, um, I, I don't want to say it wasn't rough, but it wasn't terribly difficult for the bikes. Like, the bumps were pretty soft, so they gave a lot mm-hmm. um, that you could get away with a lot. Like, there wasn't a big square edges so much on the track. Um, but I, I think they had that bike pretty figured out. It seems like his bike is fast, too. Like, he seems like he has a lot of power. Like, he was doing that the leap out of the inside. Um, mm-hmm. pretty easily, which I was impressed with. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, he got good starts. He, you know, he just had the whole package, like the whole bike's working. They got starts figured out now, which I think at, at times they've struggled with, you know, this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't glaringly obviously that his bike was handled poorly, which I thought like at Texas, I thought his bike looked much worse than Stu's did. So, um, yeah, kudos to those guys. They've obviously been putting in, putting in work on that thing. And JT, you never jumped the leap. I didn't do it. No, I don't know why. I've done it a thousand times probably yeah. over the years, but yeah, they shortened it up, right? Know. They shortened up the run. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it wasn't like my the other guys on my team are doing it no problem. It wasn't like I didn't think I could make it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I kept I kept lining up to do it. Honestly, I lined up to do it a few times behind Dowd, and he didn't do it. And I was like, ah, all right, I'm not doing it. And then I just yeah. whatever. You just kind of get in the rhythm of not doing it, and then you set up your line coming up to it, and you're you know yeah. just not not ready for it. I don't know. No, yeah. no excuse that it never did it. The headline I don't want to see is Thomas lands on Dowd on the lead. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. don't need Thomas that. Thomas killed legend at Red Bull. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. It's not sure. good. Um, Wygant, uh, your guy, Justin Brayton, second place. Oh, I've been calling him all year. Guy's been awesome the whole time. I mean, he got a little he, bit lucky because Weimer and Alessi, you know, they, they both crashed out. Uh, they got, what, second place and then they crashed out, but – no doubt about it. He motored away from Shorty in the second moto, and uh, you know he full full props. That was his best ride of the year. And um, you know we we all three of us in Pingreen too talked about Brayton going into the year. And outdoors aren't he aren't he isn't as good as uh, outdoors as he is indoors. But uh, he's still a second place is still impressive for Justin Brayton. Yeah, I actually think, for example, where you know every race almost up until this point, except maybe Bud's Creek, was below par for him. Mm-hmm. I would say this isn't even you know where you'd expect him to be. I feel like this is almost maybe a little bit over where you'd expect him to be, and maybe that's be- just because of the you know Alessi mm-hmm. and Weimer having problems. Yeah, but I didn't think even at his best outdoors that he would even be able to maybe even get a, a second. I thought that again, like that group. Well, Meddy's out, but I thought that the group of say. Meddy, Short, Alessi, Weimer, Rattray's back. I thought all those guys might be a little bit ahead of him. Um, I know, obviously, they all had some problems, but I don't think he had to hand it to him, and he rode really well, and he looked, the, the roughness and the heat and everything looked to have no effect on him at all. Like, I think that's maybe the best overall day he's had in an outdoor race. Yeah, yeah, might be. Might be even when he won that moto at Steel City, you know, he went like 10-1 or right. something. So, um yeah, that was that was pretty good. And Rattray, uh, JT, about what you thought, uh, four or five, kind of. 
Yeah, he was good. Um, you know, I'm sure that wasn't ideal conditions to be your first race back, or maybe it wasn't. And I, I know he likes the hard races, but um, I think he'll he's just going to get better from here. Uh, he's obviously got a great bike, and he's in shape, and he's got you know the trainer and all the things in place. So uh, to come out of, to come out at his first race back, and, and you know four or five is pretty respectable, and I'm sure it was a good confidence builder. So, yeah, yeah. good for him. Um, first turn crash. I saw him after the race yep. and um, laying on the ground in the Cowie pits. And I'm like, dude, this guy's relaxed, just chilling, <laughs> just laying down. What's up? Yeah. And then uh, it took him forever to just mosey his way even into the truck. And I said, how you doing? And he's like, I need a nap. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. Like, the book on him, you know, is that he, like, never gets tired. Yeah. Uh, indefatigable. No, he straight up said, he said, even the Africa hot thing. He's like, Africa hot. Just totally got to me today. He's like, it was so much gnarlier than I thought. The 450s racing on these tracks is so much gnarlier than I thought that he was bad. Yeah. Obviously, the, this is all because he's just coming back. Yeah. But uh, it was the first time I ever saw Tyler Rattray look weak. He, uh, he was, he's been in Florida, and Weimer has been in California. Weimer's been testing a little bit, and uh, we were joking beforehand. Uh, you know, we were, me and Rattray were joking to Weimer. Ah, uh, you're you know you're in SoCal lounging out, going to the river and and all this, and I've been in Florida working hard and pounding out motos and uh, and we'll see today how it pays off and this and that. And then after the first moto, when Weimer got second, I, I was like, "See, told you, California, no good." And he flipped me off and just kept kept riding. So, um, you know, Weimer was pretty good, I think, and it would have been interesting to see what would happen hadn't he gone down in the second moto. But in that first turn, uh, first turn, first moto, Alessi short. Chisholm, among others, all down for the count. Big crash. Lots of salaries laying on the ground. Uh, yeah, that was an early one. There was how many guys were down in that? Ten. Yeah, yeah I've been. Yeah, a lot. Um, here's the part of the show where we get to Cole Thompson. What a race! Wow, seven eight. JT, can you believe it? I mean, he'd only ridden at Red Bud like twice before. So what? I was thinking he'd been spent a lot of time there, but. Apparently not. Um, but now the hard part comes, and I told him this after the race. Now you got to back this thing up. And JT, you've been there. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, yeah, I mean he rode great. Um, you know, I was kind of. I think everyone was surprised at how you know how yeah. good he did. Can he? Can thought, he? Do, can he do this again? I mean, can he? Yeah, what, what? I think he can back it up. I don't know if he's going to go seven eight this weekend, but right. Um, I tell you what, when you do that well. Your mindset changes a little bit. You're uh, oh, we can ask. You, you go to the you go to the line like just expecting to ride like that. And when you know, say he was battling with Josh Grant and all the guys he was racing with this weekend, when he sees them this weekend, he's not going to be scared. You know, yeah. it's not going to be like, oh, crack, here comes Josh Grant. It's going to be like, well, I beat him last week. Let's go. You know, right, right. It, just things like that start to get easier. So, um, you know, good starts, and uh, he can, you know, yeah. Obviously, I don't know if it was just the track or weird though. Change his bike or change. Well, I don't know, change yeah, something because he was he was killing he, it all all day. He changed his bike. Reason. Yeah, he changed his bike. He detuned it. Almost back to a stock bike right now. He said the motor was too fast. But it is weird for a guy whose best was thirteenth. Um, you know, and he'd only scored points in three motos out of the uh, out of the eight that he'd raced. He scored points in three, and then he comes out and goes seven eight. Very, a little strange. You don't see that too much. 
Yeah, it was the same for me, like my best finish ever, which, you know, we talked about at, at Bud's Creek in 06. I was doing a really similar to what he, the kind of year he had. I was a little bit more consistent than him. I was running around 10th, 11th every moto. And then all of a sudden I go get fifth overall, you know what I mean? So right. it was just kind of weird and I had no answer for it as to why or what happened that day or anything. But, um, you know, kind of same deal. It's just one of those days where everything just works and, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see this weekend. This weekend will be telling as far as, mm-hmm. you know, if he's going to drop back into that 12th place, you know, group or if he's going to be able to, you know, be ahead of that. So uh, Weege, I was fun for him, though. Weege, um Mm-hmm. You you went today's Monday, so you went to um, JGR for the lunch. Yeah, big lunch today, big big stuff. It was good. What they serve? Well, it was a big deal because um, um, they actually held it in the uh, cup shop. Oh, the NASCAR shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they had a miscommunication where they had catering delivered there, but they forgot to cancel the catering that got delivered to the motocross shop. So there were not one but two free meals. <laughs> I got to partake in like a post lunch lunch. Yeah, it was awesome. You're just grabbing it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, um, where were where were we? Is there anything beyond that, or is that what we needed to know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we'll just move on. No, but um, okay. Yeah. Um, oh. What what's going on with Kyle Regal? What's happening? It's kind of sad. Um, they have gotten to the point where they're ripping on the dude, making fun of the dude, and I think a lot of the times he's there just like listening to this. Like, I don't know if it's like everybody's in on it, like, hey, what are we going to do? Or they know they got a problem they can't solve, or he has a problem he knows he can't solve something. But it seems like they have just, it's almost like a punchline at this point, um, how badly the season has gone. And it really puts a lot on him, especially because their other rider is now out again, yeah. Millsaps, which, of course, everyone just assumes is just, you hear he signs a contract with another team, and suddenly <laughs> he's out. I mean, uh, well, he, I mean, he, the morale over there is just not great right now. He could be hurt, Millsaps. He probably is hurt, I mean. I'm sure he is. Yeah, yeah. But there's no chance he's rushing back anytime soon. Yeah, it's just the Millsaps, you know, rep. So you've got Regal, you know, going from like 7th to 27th in motos. You know, Stewart's long gone. Millsaps isn't racing. It's just, it's pretty much comedy over there. <laughs> Those poor guys. Man. <laughs> yeah, you don't see they've like gone way past the point of like the, you know, we're gonna just try to keep pretending everything's positive and good and keep saying the right things. Yeah, like, yeah, cat's out of the bag. It's not going well. <laughs> Core Gibbs didn't even go this weekend. Big BMX racing for his kid or something. Big mountain bike race or something for his kid. <laughs> you said you said, you told me today that you think you might not see Coy at the races the rest of the year. Yes. So I mentioned that, and they're like, oh, maybe they'll bench all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at with JGR. Hopefully, they'll bench all of us. <laughs> it's just—I mean, again, it's just comedy at this point. Right, I mean, I don't right. even think they're putting pressure on this. I don't know what the—the the regal thing makes less sense. It doesn't make. I thought he crashed in the first moto. I figured he crashed because he had a pretty good start, uh-huh. and he was saying, you know, at Redbud, I'm gonna be a whole new guy. I'm yeah. going back home. I'm from Michigan. I'm yeah. motoing down. And before right. we get before JT jumps in here with the bike, the bike, the bike. Regal's ridden that bike before. Said he likes it. So, just before we get to that. How did he do when he rode it before? Well, in Yamaha. Uh, uh, sorry, in Supercross, at least. Yeah. I don't know. He didn't do anything when he rode it before, though. Said he likes it. I don't care if he likes it. His results don't show it. So, okay, Weege, anyway. So, you just thought he crashed, but he didn't. 
I saw him getting lapped. You know, later in the race, he right. went a lap down. Um, and then today, when I was at the shop talking about the epic JT John Dow duel, <laughs> um, they mentioned that that duel, you know, like a Texas tornado just sweeping through the trailer park. <laughs> this is my words, not theirs. But right, I mean, right. it was like as the battle raged from what do you say you were in thirty fifth, JT? Yep. Moving from thirty fifth up to the 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 twenties. Apparently, Regal, I guess, was a victim of that. Like you guys just passed him and left him. Well, we were. We were pretty vicious with our pace there. Yeah, there were casualties. I'm not gonna lie. Things got things got intense with the John Dowd Thomas battle. I mean, there was they did our our dueling uh, scrub attempts over the double part of the leap were they were hard to hold back. As the, as the two aged warriors doubled the leap, jaws were agape, agape as the speed and the scrubbing. Uh, was that was impressive? I could actually so see saying, people pointing and laughing as we were in the air over the double of the leap. <laughs> <laughs> was was the Filek? Was she over there? <laughs> yeah. Filek over there pointing. And laughing. Um, we it, it's not good. The year starts off good. with James Stewart. You know we're going to win championships. We finally got our guy, <laughs> and now we're down to we have a rider who started about seventh, and he was powerless to stop John Dowd and Jason Thomas from barreling past him. Here's the thing. With Regal, I don't know what's going on, but I, he's broken up with that chick, right? The MTV chick. Some guys were pointing at that as being a reasoning behind his results, but he wasn't that impressive on the H and H team. And mm-hmm. it's kind of he's only he's hurting himself here because at one point, you know, a lot of teams wanted to talk to him and get him a bike and get him on a team, and it's just not working out. And I. You know, it's got to be hard for him adjusting to these teams and bikes, but, man, it's just not a good year anyway. Anyway, you look at it. On a JGR Yamaha, I don't care how bad that bike is, he's podiumed a national before on a privateer Honda. He can't be putting himself to these results and expect to have anybody talking to him for 2013. Can a bike be worth 20 positions? Right. That's what I'm saying. JT says yes, but. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I just think that. The situation right now is not working. So um, you look at the history of people getting on that bike, and it's not the greatest. So, so I don't know. Well, I'm not, try- I'm not claiming I have all the answers, but whatever he's doing on that bike just doesn't seem to be look like it's working to me. You mean Yamaha, not JGR, right? Because there's always no exactly yes, Yamaha in general. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't seem like he did well on the L and M Yamaha. He doesn't seem like he's doing well on a JGR Yamaha. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like you said, why can't the, the JGR guys got to be wondering what's going on? Um, this just in Christian Craig is just finally now recovered from his race. Just finally. Now they took him off the, uh, the oxygen. Um, he, he was tired, but what a strategy start top three and, uh, hold on. Um, and, and you know what? It worked. It kind of worked like, Generally, it doesn't, but uh, Craig was, he was all right, 16-13 on the day, and uh, he, but boy, I, I don't know if I've ever seen, he looked like me out there. He was tired. Wow. Yeah, but here's the thing, and uh, JT, I'm sure you can talk about this from personal experience. If you do that, every other team out there is going to figure they can fix the rest. That's all you're looking for. So here's a guy who's barely even raced at all in like three years, right? 
And I think last week in our silly season show, we were like, man, is he, is he going to be able to get anything? Like, he's just not getting out on the track. It's just unfortunate. If he does that a couple more times this year, just shows that kind of speed, bingo, his stock rises massively. Yeah. Who cares where he finishes? Teams don't care about that. Yeah. They just want those flashes. Wouldn't you agree with that, JT, the rolling tank? Isn't that true? Yeah, absolutely. Speed is, uh, speed is what's going to get you a job. Yeah, and um, he's got it. I mean, it's, no doubt. Look at Austin Stroop. Austin, if he if Stroop gets it together, he'll be on a team next year. Just the same deal. It doesn't matter. If, you know what your results are. You go out there and do good, show potential. Somebody out there is going to think that they have the magic ingredients to you know to make you win. Well, that's Just what that's what I was ends. telling your team manager at dinner on on Friday night. Stroop, take a flyer on him. Yeah, I think he's running out of flyers though. Yeah, yeah, flyers have been taken. Poor Stroop. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Uh, hopefully, he never closes his Twitter account. <laughs> hey, I have a question about uh, before we get too far away from JGR. The story I heard about Davy Millsaps was he tore all the ligaments in his ankle doing jumping jacks. Anybody else hear this? Um, yeah, that's what I heard. Although the the, the Jeremy Albrecht told me he really hopes there was more to it than just jumping jacks. Like maybe it was part of like a shuttle program, or maybe he was holding some heavy weights at the time. Um, okay, I have a question though. What have you? Has anybody ever watched Davy Millsaps walk? He can't walk well. He has bad. His knees are bad. Um, it's it's just you know right. it's a mess when he walks around. What was he doing doing jumping jacks? I haven't seen anyone do jumping jacks since the last uh, Richard Simmons video I watched in 1989. What, it, what was he... Well, I mean, is this anybody in anybody's training program, jumping jacks, these days? Especially of all people yeah. that has, have bad knees and all the, the issues he's had. I, I couldn't get... I couldn't understand any part of that story. Yeah, Why didn't you have any light to shed? I know you're you know, over there. Well, here's the problem. At this point, I cannot separate the, the, the fact from the fiction, the comedy from the serious, because I did hear that. But it was lost somewhere in the mix of all the other jokes about how horrible things are going. So I couldn't, like, I heard that, and I'm just assuming, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, he hurt himself, tore all the ligaments in his foot doing jumping jack, sure. Yeah. It never occurred to me that that might actually be the real story. I thought that was a joke. Yeah, I think it's the real story. Uh, J Bone was telling oh. me a little bit about it. Showed me a photo of of Davy's uh, Davy's ankle, and yeah, it looked like you know just one ginormous calf. But um, it they, he said he was doing jumping jacks, but J Bone was holding out, ma- passing judgment until he found out more about the situation. Before, <laughs> like he doesn't think it was just a jumping jacket; had to be something else. I don't know. Perhaps he was just trying to fool himself. I'm confused. Well, this was, is like um, uh, this is one of the most intriguing stories I've heard all year. <laughs> honestly, we'll have our ace reporter there, Wygant, look into it some more. He's down in North, yeah. not far from the shop. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't study that one because I thought there's no chance there's any truth to this. But you're telling me there is. I'm going to have to investigate. Um, Derek Anderson did well. Good to see him. I guess he had a bad ankle the last few races, and he probably needed the time off. So good to see Derek Anderson do well. Not as good as Cole Thompson, of course. Um, what else? Do I move on to 250s? Any, uh, I think it's any, about that time. It is about that time, I think. Um, 250 class, Baggett 1-1, um, Barsha 2-2. Two, two. 
I guess on this day, uh, Barsha led both motos, but um, man, it was it was just a Blake Baggett riding clinic on Wagant. Yeah, um, but I'm definitely seeing. I guess there's some hope here. I mean, there's no doubt that Baggett was the best guy. Yeah, and he won also at Bud's Creek, and the points lead is starting to get fairly large now. I think it's 19 points over Barsha, yeah, and 19. everyone else is more than a moto back. I think. Um, so suddenly, what was this unbelievable wide open battle? You're seeing some separation, but Baggett was as dominant, if not more dominant, at Redbud last year, and then pretty much sucked after that for some reason. Right. So there's that. And Barsha, I really still think there's something to this consistency thing. The guy was totally fine with going 2-2. He's like, I went as fast as I could. I gave it everything I had. I got beat. Baggett was better than me today, but it's a long season. I'm just trying to stay consistent. Were you, were you standing and, there when I was talking to him? Because, yeah, Marsha was in a great mood. Because I said the same thing. I said, I expected you to be angrier. Yeah. And he laughed yeah. with that creepy mustache and yeah. and then said, no, nah, man, I'm good. He was just a little stronger than me today. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm working hard. I'm like, wow, okay, wow. But, again, remember we talked about a month ago about, like, the 3.1 average or whatever yeah. that you need to win that title? Yeah. So he got two seconds. And I think until Baggett clinches the title – you still never know the guy. I mean, to, he hasn't really had a bad moto all year. He's been fast in every moto, unlike last year where he would just have days where he was slow. Mm-hmm. But, again, remember Dean Wilson last year at Red Bull. Remember how depressed he was Yes, yes. about Baggett blowing him away and then what happened at the end of the year. So I think if you're Barsha, you're just going to keep banking on that. Yep. And Baggett's in Florida right now, which is uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, it sure helped Dean last year, but Baggett's in Florida right now uh, at Villapoto's house with the – that merry bench bunch of crew, Weimer. But he said he's only staying for one more week after Millville. He's done. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I know uh, Jeff Stanton working with with Barsha. Uh, I was talking to him during the race, and at some point in the race, you guys, it was really weird. Like while JT was out there battling with John Dowd, who he watched as a kid win races, and probably thinking in his mind, "Holy shit, I'm I'm racing with John Dowd." Um, or maybe you weren't, but maybe you were. I was watching the second 250 moto up in the tower with Jeff Ward and Jeff Stanton. Me, Jeff Ward, and Jeff Stanton watching the moto, making jokes, talking about the race. And if you had gone back to 1988 and told a young Steve Mathis that he was going to one day be watching the motos with Jeff Ford and Jeff Stanton, uh, I would have punched you in the balls. So I don't know. Just kind of cool. They were laughing about Ward. He was like, man, like, you know, I'm I'm out there walking the track, and like I still think I can jump Rocco's leap. And Stanton's like, "Yeah, but you know, that's your mind, man. Your body can't." And when Morty's like, "Yeah, I know," ha <laughs> ha, and they're all laughing. But you know, they're just talking about how they still in their minds think that they can still go really fast and jump the Rocco's leap. So kind of funny story. Anyway, are there things you- like that where you think that if you decide to throw in a little laugh with them, like everything's cool for a while, you're talking to them, joking around, and then you laugh at that, they're gonna turn and be like. <laughs> Right, right. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's no. You're not in on that. Yeah, don't, sorry, dude. No, hey, Tubby. Yeah. You know, we have to throw in is what I always like to do is like, guys, do you realize how many titles are between the three of us? And yeah. then you have to obviously you have to know the number. You know, I don't know what Wardy's number is, but stand six times and be like, Wardy, between us, Wardy there are seven, fourteen titles or whatever. Yeah. So they they love when you do that and you have zero. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. My favorite move. Um. I did that with Best Wick and uh, Emig all weekend. People thought that was awesome. Six X Game gold medals between 
best record myself. Six in a row. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, Easy one. Uh, sixth time, Jeff Stanton um, was, was telling uh, us, telling me and Jeff Ward, you know, both of us, at the same time, uh, looking at it, both of us, by the way, um, saying that he doesn't know how much more Barsha can do uh, endurance-wise. Uh, you know, he, he said, hey, he, he, we're, we're short on endurance today. We just don't have it. But then he was like, I don't know what else the, the kid can do. He's been busting his ass um, off the bike. So to me, if Jeff Stanton's saying that, like, you know, and we, you, you know Stanton, and there's no sugarcoating it. I mean, you know, there was some of the things that he was saying up there were pretty funny and pretty true all at the same time. He's not one to uh, hold back. So if he's telling me that Justin Barsha is doing everything he can off the bike, then uh, perhaps just Blake Baggett is, is, you know, just phenomenal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Why did Ward not step in and say, (laughs) the rider who wins is the rider who trains the most. He clearly did not train enough. There are no other skills, talent, speed, Ah, anything else that's a factor. Why did Ward not step in? I don't know. I don't know. Archer should have ran more miles. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, so uh, you know he's basically uh, saying that Barsha's working super hard. So we'll see. You know, it's it's got to be a situation. I mean, I think Stanton's smart enough to know. I mean, I'm sure there were days where Stanton knew that he did more training than Bradshaw or Bale, but they just had some otherworldly speed, and in the long run, he'd be able to get him maybe in the series, or maybe not, but. I mean, that's kind of what you're dealing with right now. The bag of things is just intergalactic, interplanetary. Like, why the hell does he go that fast? Like, how do you compete with that? The speed is ridiculous. JT? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, first, you know, what Stan was saying, it's just not, uh, and, like, obviously what you're saying about Ward, too, it's just not that easy. It's not, you can say, oh, we did, you know, this amount of work, this during the week, it's you know it's going to come together. He's going to be incredibly strong today. It's not always like that. There's so many other factors, um, you know, to say who's going to be stronger on a given day. I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously Justin has been through all these wars. He knows what it takes, and you know I'm sure that's why they're not panicking. It you know there's we're you know a little bit just past halfway, um, and if you looked at the series last year. At this point, you would have thought that Baggett was going to win again. I, I did anyway. I thought I didn't think Dean Wilson was going to win last year at this point of the season. Well, one thing uh, one thing that's a little different is that uh, last year Wilson had a twelve point lead on Baggett at Redbud after Redbud. Right. So he still had a nice little bit of a lead, but yeah, all the momentum was on Baggett's side for sure. Right. I I just think that they're looking at it as there's so much racing left to do. And Barsha's, Barsha's better tracks are coming, and I feel like we've already been to Blake's best tracks. Right. So, you know, the time to flip the script is, is coming. You know, Southwick, you know, all these tracks that, that Justin is good at and feels comfortable at and has, has had more success at are coming, and we're not panicking. We know we're doing the work. Um, you know, we can go with him for most of the moto. We just, you know. Endurance doesn't doesn't show up overnight, so uh, you just have to believe that the work's going to pay off at some point, and hopefully it pays off at the right time. I mean, there's nothing is nothing's been won yet, so nothing is over. Exactly. Don't hand out the trophy yet. Uh, why again? Do we need to start uh, start including uh, Marvin Musquin 
in the Big Four, make it the Big Five. He was pretty good again. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped in anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Yeah, he went 4-4 again, but this time he actually got fourth. Yeah, yeah instead of uh, getting fifth, which he got screwed at at, uh, at Bud's. But Marvin was oh, good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he was no – you – he and Tomac were pretty much an equal match. I mean, he just edged Tomac in Moto One. Tomac edged him in Moto Two, mm-hmm. and then um, Roxon. I don't know. Do you think there's a chance we finally saw the Heat maybe have the effect that we thought it might have on Roxon? I think that so. that was his worst Moto of the year. That second Moto. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he yeah. uh, he didn't look to have anything uh, underneath the hood there, and that, and you know it's going to be another hot one this weekend. So it's interesting to see. Uh, as we've seen with Eli, it doesn't take a lot to get overheated and then not be able to recover from it. So going to be interesting to see what Roxon can do at Millville. Uh, it'll be a big test, I think, for him. If he if he if he falls off, then we know that he's you know it did bother him and it's starting to, he's starting to, the season's starting to catch up with him. So it it, right. sh- it so should considering be. all that, I think Muscan is definitely in that in that mix for sure. Now. I was watching uh, Muscan. Um, in the moto, man, that guy, he is technically, he is solid. Like, he looks outside to inside. He looks to make little doubles of stuff. He puts his front wheel down, picks it up, puts it over down over another bump. Like, like technically wise, he is, uh, he's very good with throttle control and very smooth. And he looks like he's looking for smooth lines all the time, which may be a downfall, JT, as far as, you know, blitzing by somebody, but, uh, Man, he's he's smooth. Yeah, he was he was better this weekend. I thought that was the first time that I saw him uh, have a lot of speed at the beginning and not just you know immediately start dropping off. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that every race. It's just like the first lap. Okay, he doesn't have the pace. He's going backwards. You know, not not dramatically, but you can just tell he didn't have it. And this weekend, I, I felt like he was much closer than he's been all year. And then you know he kind of stayed you know, closer than he's been. So saw a uh, marked improvement with him uh, and then rocks. And, you know, I was wondering how the heat was going to affect him. Um, you know, something we haven't really talked about 
you know, he, he's been in Texas, and it's obviously hot in Texas, but sometimes that can work against you. Um, if you're not used to, you know, training in that much heat week in and week out, sometimes it, it, sometimes it has a negative effect. You know, all that cumulative work of, you know, motos in 100-degree weather and running and, you know, running in their underwear and all the stuff that you see on Twitter. <laughs> uh, obviously, it seemed like he didn't have the energy or was too hot or something this weekend. So, um, you know, I, I was wondering if this would happen. We hadn't had a hot race yet, and obviously uh, he wasn't prepared, you know, I, I, I hate to say he wasn't prepared because I don't know that it was his fault. It's just something you have to get used to and, and have experience with. And uh, I think this weekend's supposed to be hot again. It's supposed to be like 91 mm-hmm. in Millville. And, yeah. you know, it's obviously really humid there. So um, you know, hopefully he can bounce back. But it's going to be going to be a tough week again. So see. And uh, Will Hahn had a quiet day, 6'5", kind of out there by himself, both motos a little bit. You know, sort of lost touch of the of the of the lead pack each time, but was the leader of the next guys. And Swanepoel, who nobody talks about, had a good day, seventh overall for him. And uh, Travis Baker, tenth overall. I think that's the best 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 ride for Travis all year. Yeah, Swanepoel had uh, he had Roxon passed and then crashed. Uh, that oh yeah, Sakamoto. yeah, yeah. He uh, so obviously it was a good ride for him, and um, he's like you know obviously Africa guy, so. I think the heat favors him, and the rougher and nastier and hotter it is, the better you're going to see him him do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was you know he was up there both motos, which I think has been eluding him. He's kind of had one good, one one bad a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I I like these tough races. I think if in the really hot tough races, if you see a guy have two consistently strong motos, then you know it kind of it's it's very telling. You know, it's hard to hide. It's hard to hide weaknesses, and it's hard to hide, you know, the hard work on days like uh, Saturday. Hmm. The uh, Travis Baker, why again? Good ride for him. Yeah, and uh, to me, his trouble actually has been putting two motors together. You'll see a few flashes here and there from him, mm-hmm. but the, being that solid both times, not having crashes and, and things like that, um, that was that was pretty good. I think I've been waiting for that ride from him for. Two, three years now. What about Matt Moss? Where was he? Anybody know? I don't know. I was yeah, wondering. I went over there and myself. talked to the team and forgot. Yeah, Mookie's bike broke, right? First moto? Fuel pump, yep. Oh, those guys. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, there's nothing that we do different with the fuel pump. Like, we have, like, yeah. everybody runs the same fuel. You're not doing fuel pump things. Right. <laughs> yeah, just bad luck over there. But then, like, Musquint and Roxon probably run a stock fuel pump, and they never had problems. You know. Right, that, that was their point. But while I was over there, I completely forgot, hey, where was your other rider? Didn't even ask. <laughs> Good job. Um, yeah. Uh, Alex Martin, what about him? No spare motor is what I heard. So it blew up his motor in practice and couldn't qualify. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, and, and they didn't have the black box fan. They had a white van, a white normal passenger van, 1110 mods. So I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> Things are falling apart. Somebody... Somebody keep track of all of this. <laughs> I know, right? Like, just write it all down. <laughs> he, you know, he didn't make the motos. Um, yeah. Oh, jeez. Couldn't Man, didn't I have feel a bad for those guys. It's, that's rough. <laughs> that is rough, especially Alex Gosh. Martin, who 
you know, was running um, – he's 17th in the points, but he's probably about 14th, looks like, maybe, before the, for the weekend. And with no Tedesco and no Kyle Cunningham, he had a chance to pass both of those guys. Um, so yeah, Here's just, something I still don't get, and I might have said this on the show before. Okay, we make fun of them for having bad luck, but most of their bad luck is related to the lack of budget, like – you know, not being able to enter a guy into a race or not having a backup motor. I mean, they have the Christian Craig style. They have the most important ingredient of all, speed, right? They've got that dialed. Right. The riders are good. Their bikes are fast. I don't understand when you walk through the pits, there are all these apparently more well-funded but much crappier performing <laughs> teams out there. Uh-huh. Why does no one align themselves with them? I would hand them the keys and be like, here's our semi. You do all the stuff we can't handle, which is, do well in the races. We can look cool. Yeah. Well, we have money. I agree with you. And we've talked about that, I think, on the Pulp Mech show when we had Santa on. Like, they tried it with Kilbarger, I think, for a little bit. Yeah. Kilbarger Racing and 1110 merged, and then they didn't merge. It was, it was more like the Yamaha Troy Star Racing merger that was going on for three years that really <laughs> never, ever happened. Right. Something's weird, though. You're right, though. Why wouldn't, if you own the team, if you own HRT Kawasaki, which Matt Lemoyne is doing good, but that's just the first thing that popped in my head. Or, you or know, Mun Racing or something like or, that. Or like, AG I'm not... Fuels KTM or whatever. Wouldn't you, yeah. Right. Why wouldn't you just be like, Chad Sanner, here you go. My sponsors, your sponsors, let's, get, let's go racing. Yeah, I don't get it. JT? I don't know. I mean, a lot of politics involves, I, I think, you know, people have. Um, you know, okay, so you say just a, a random team says, okay, Chad Sander, here you go. Well, of course, Chad Sander, if he's going to do that, he wants 1110 mods as the primary everything, you know? That's why he's out there. The only reason he's going racing is to promote 1110 mods so they can make money. So if he goes to another team, why are they going to just have 1110 mods as you know, the team name now, that's, you know, it's just counterproductive both ways of, um, you know. Well. Unless, if, if you can work it out where both sides are happy, but having been on a lot of teams, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to make everybody happy and work out all the details. And right. I, I think that's more, that's more it than anything. It's just too hard to make everybody happy and, and everybody feel like they're getting, you know, what it's worth out of it. So. We'll I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, me and Chad Sander, um, you know, Chad Sander and I, I should say, are very good friends, and uh, it's it's not ideal for um, a team wanting to, you know, basically hand you the keys, as Wagan said, when you're not having your guys signed up, and uh, you know, guys are blowing up their motor and then not even be able to race. You know, that that stuff doesn't look good for potential sponsors to me. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Not being signed up and blowing up motors and not being able to race does not look good. I would agree. Um, Wait a well, I'm just saying Wait, if you're asking you why they can't find the missing ingredient to, to make all that stuff go away, I think they go hand in hand. I think because they're having those problems makes it much more mm-hmm. difficult to fix that problem. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, but I feel like it's the Christian Craig analogy. They have the one thing you can't buy. You can fix lack of organization. 
you know, you can fix lack of enough money to build. I'm sure the backup motor would have been fast if they had enough personnel or time and money to build one. Like, to me, it's just like the Christian Craig thing. Like, they have the one thing you can't buy, and that's speed. We can well, they can go get the rider, though. signed up as fixable. They can get the rider and just bypass everything else. I know, but I feel like at this point, they've had enough success with enough different guys where you've got to think that it's someone on the team. You know, I'm not saying that's obviously Alex Martin's good and Filthy Phil's good and, and Durham is good, but clearly there's something good about the team as well. It can't be a coincidence. Well, their bikes are really fast. There's no doubt about right. that. Right. Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. I just, don't disagree with that at all. Right. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's whether it's their organizational um, situation or something is going on there to what, you know, I, I, can assure you that no one is ignoring the fact that they have really fast bikes and their riders are doing well, but something's going on behind the scenes that is keeping that from happening, obviously. so Yeah, know. exactly. It can't be that people are just blind and like, hey, you know, we never thought that those guys were good. <laughs> can't be, right? What about, uh, did you guys see Ryan Sipes um, casing the leap and breaking both foot pegs off? I wish I did. I tweeted a video of it. Some uh, somebody put a video of it um, in practice. Cases the leap, breaks both foot peg mounts off the bike, and goes over the bars and gets up and puts his arms up like 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 and everybody freaks out and starts cheering him. But unfortunately, he was on crutches in the manager's tower watching the rest of the day. And and, and, and Izzy, their other rider, um, crashed hard in the first moto, and uh, he was done for the day. I feel like. Izzy, Izzy's nice season he's riding was is turning into more of a typical Izzy thing. I have a feeling you might have done what he needed to do, though. What's that, Wygant? I think he might have done what he needed to do to get the word out as far as people wanting him next year. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, he signed. He signed up. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he, he did. He did his he part did. already. Who did he sign up with? Uh, Rockstar Suzuki. Yep. Still has lights eligibility. Why did we not think of that? Oh, they swapped Davalos for Izzy. Ah. Yeah. Awesome. Lights well, ability. I don't think they swapped. Oh, that's a massive. They... Well, they lost Davalos, the, an anchor, a rock, and they got Izzy, another rock anchor for your team to build around. I would be very surprised if you see Davalos, Millsaps, or Izzy the rest of the year. <laughs> or Stroop. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think Stroop has a ride, but right, right, right. All th- all three of those guys have signed their contracts for next year, and I highly doubt you'll see any of them come back. Yeah, you will. Come on, we're only halfway through, and there's another two week break. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I I agree. Somebody's going to come back. One of them will come back. I just don't. I don't think you'll see all three of them back. I don't. All right. Let's mark this. Let's mark this. And see see if you're right or not at the end of the year. From the words I've heard about how um, they feel about their, well, especially two of the guys ride the same kind of motorcycle, I don't think you're going to see at least one of them back. So, God, JT. You're done, I, you're I'm like, just telling you what I hey, hear. That's not my like, opinion. That, I was you're like the vampire hunter for Yamaha YC450. It's really not. I'm, I have no opinion. I wrote it once. You have no opinion. The bike feels. You have no, no, no opinion. The bike, the bike feels really big for me. It's not the bike for me. I'm just relaying what I'm told. That's it. Why? I don't again? race it. Why again? I don't race that bike. Please, please tell me you're on my side when he says I have no opinion. 
I didn't mean to say I have no opinion. That was <laughs> yeah, awesome. I can't agree that you have no opinion, but I will say that in this particular instance, he is just reporting the news. Yes. I didn't hear that from, from Millsaps, but I believe from the other rider who's on a Yamaha and won't be riding one next year. I definitely heard that same thing out of his camp. Yeah. What is, now, ya- what is course, Yamaha going to do next year? Are the, is Yamaha going to just back up a Brinks truck with gold bricks to Dean Wilson's house and be like, take it, take it? I, I kind of heard that's, that's the way they want to do and And I guess Wilson would be the guy, but I've kind of heard of that as a strategy. Like, we're going to try to help JGR and give him big funding and make sure we can make a serious run at someone. And I guess if you look at the musical chairs now, yeah. who else is there to go after? Well, I mean, I mean, Izzy, like, you would think, and I, we're all talking about Izzy talking about the bike, but he's ridden fast on that thing. He's had a good year overall on that machine. Um, inconsistent, yes, but he was inconsistent on the Honda last year, and he was inconsistent on a Suzuki. So he's not really changing anything. He's He's been inconsistent his whole pro career, and only now I feel like he's gotten better than ever. So I feel like Izzy should like that bike, JT. But well, apparently not. I, I think that it's a situation where it's the same thing happening with everyone. I think that People are capable of going fast on that bike. I mean, everyone that's ridden it, it's not like they go slow. I just think that the bike does unpredictable things for a lot of people, and it puts them on their head, and they get sick of it at some point. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I don't think it's. I don't think the bike is flawed where you just you can't go fast on this bike. The bike's terribly can't. I don't think that's the situation at all, because obviously that's been proven otherwise. James went fast on it. Izzy goes fast on it. Davey goes fast on it. Tommy Hahn went fast on it last year. I mean, it's not bad. It's just you see these weird crashes over and over and over, um, and it's usually the front end going away uh, for some reason or another, and, and you ask the rider what happened, and they don't have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the case most of the time, and I can tell you when you crash and you don't know why, it, it's not fun because it takes away any confidence you have because most of the time you can point to a reason why you crash. Oh, yeah, hit this bump, and it's my fault, whatever. But every time you talk to somebody, you talk to Tommy, why'd you crash? Uh, I honestly have no idea. Then you talk to, you know, Nico this weekend, and you can't explain why he crashed there. And then you talk, you, you watch Davies crash at New Orleans, and you can't really figure out what happened. And that just seems to be the case over and over, and, uh, you know, that spills over into your riding, and then it turns into a mental issue, and just not good. So. Going to be interesting to see if they ever switch back to a more traditional motor design. Well, I heard through the grapevine that they're that one of their big uh, strategies for for hiring someone, you know, to ride that bike next year is the promise of a new, you know, yeah. a, a drastically different situation in 2014, which they would be able to in turn ride next summer. Right. So, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, they have something in mind if they're going that way. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, well, the, um, yeah, they have to, they're going to have to do something, PR-wise even still, you know. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm a huge Yamaha supporter at this point, but I, even I would agree with that. <laughs> right. I feel like uh, I'd like to see – I'd like to see someone put Jason Anderson's results from last year up against Kyle Peters and see who's doing better. Uh, at this point, I would think it's Peters, but I hear that he's out at that team at the end of the year. 
And I can't help but think how Rockstar Suzuki's patience has paid off with Anderson and how perhaps there should be more with Peters. What do you guys think? Why again? I'll give you double. I'll give you double the answer on that. Oh. Okay. Don't you think that they're, okay, well, last week we were talking about silly season, and we were surprised that I guess Mitch started asking about Anderson, and Anderson chose to ink a multi-year extension with Rockstar Suzuki. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he can't be dumb enough. He knows that Pro Circuit was looking for people. They might have even talked to him directly. <sighs> to me, doesn't it seem like there's a chance that he's like, hey, these guys, there's not much loyalty in racing, we know that, but they really hooked Anderson up. So maybe there's a little bit of loyalty on his end. So they, it's almost worked both ways. Right. They were patient and loyal to him, and he paid them back, and now when he's going to deliver results, he's not just going to walk and give it to another team. Yeah. That's paid off in both directions. That's what the loyalty does. I have to think that was a factor in his decisions, right? I mean, Could be, yeah. Surely he didn't put Rockstar Suzuki and, and Mitch together and say, hmm, I think Rockstar Suzuki's a better situation for me. Can't be, right? Well, yeah, and, and way to answer my Kyle Peters question, too. Yeah, you, the team has done this over and over and over. It's, Peters like, it's had laughable. His be- Peters had his best race of the year, I think. Uh, he's gone backwards sometimes, uh, but he's a good starter. And this weekend he went uh, 8-10. Yeah, 8-10. Hold on. Yeah, 8-13. So I, just, I, I see something there in Kyle Peters, and I'm just I'm hearing that he's not going to come back, but – it could be another decision for the star team that comes back to bite them, a la Durham, a la Will Hahn, down the road. I hope they and, – and, again, look at Rockstar Suzuki's patience with Anderson. So, I don't know. I just think uh, hopefully Kyle Peters ends up back there or um, gets another shot. Just to add to the, the uh, Jason Anderson thing, I think that had they not um, taken the steps they have, they would have lost Jason Anderson in a heartbeat. I really feel like the day the restructuring they did has paid huge dividends and and results wise too. Um, you know, whatever they did, they started doing their motors in house or whatever they've done. You, mm-hmm. you can obviously tell a huge difference in their results and their uh, starts and just overall productivity on the track. So um, I think that that played a huge role too. And Jason Wygant not going over to him asking him if it's going to happen. You know, the only race I did that was at uh, Salt Lake City, and I can't decide if that was a good thing or bad because, I mean, he did crash in the Sipes in a parade lap. Right. But he did kind of fade while leading, but it still was actually his best race of the year, so I can't decide. Right, right. Yeah, but he did run into somebody in the parade lap. Start, right. So it's a sure. good idea. Um, what about um, – what else? Anything else? Well, well, where are we at in this championship? I think I was the only one that really weighed in on that. Are we – are we still like, I Ryan don't know what's going to happen, or is someone starting to separate? Ryan Dungy is definitely separating himself. Oh, really? <laughs> you don't think unless he's going to rally here in the second half and just what about this? laying down? What about uh, this? No, I'm going with Baggett. JT went with Baggett, and Baggett's pulling away, and Dungy's got it. What about this? Talking to Tony Alessi on uh, Saturday morning, I said, has there been any talk at all about the Mortal Cost of Nations with you guys? Nope. Nothing. He goes, we don't deserve to go. If James comes back, James is second-best guy. He's better than Mike. We don't deserve to go. And I'm like, okay, all right. Smash cut to the end of the day. Michael Lessie, faster than James Stewart. I think we'd all pretty much agree with that. 
What about that? What about that motocross the nation's question? There's no way DeCoster takes Tony and Mike and Moto Concepts over there, right? Or is there? JT? Uh, I would say if James finishes out the season, there's no way. I agree. But there's a lot of racing in between now and then. And I think the way things are going, it's, it's conceivable if James isn't out there. Let's put it that way. That's that's the only way. If James is out there, okay. not happening. All right. If James isn't out there, there's a chance. But I, I still would be weary of that chance. I think that I think that Roger would be more inclined to pick Weimer or somebody like that. Uh just because as the team manager I think he's more comfortable with the factory effort going. That's just my opinion. And that's not a that's not a slide at Moto Concepts or anything like that, but Motor Concepts isn't factory Kawasaki. They're if, not factory Suzuki. If if James Stewart doesn't doesn't race a year, like you said, JT, so he doesn't get picked for the Dis Nations, Michael Lessie finishes second in the series and doesn't get picked. I'm going to burn Team USA paddock down to the down to the ground in Lomo. Um, I will just because you possibly like tell you out of jail if that happens. <laughs> What's that? Why again? It is just because you like the gear that they had on this weekend. Oh, I, I do like the gear. No, listen, it's just bullshit. And I know, and I, I'm with you, JT. I don't think he gets picked. I think Roger's like, I don't want any part of that program and that machine, uh, you know, the the privateer machine and the team and, and Tony. I don't want any part of that program, and it's bullshit. Because right now, Michael Essie, if he gets second, this is all based on if James Stewart doesn't doesn't race. When, you know, that's we're taking a – couple of hypotheticals here, but that's bullshit, and, and Mike deserves to go. I'm going to throw another scenario at you, though. I, I, I don't think there's that big a gap, if there's a gap at all, between Weimer and Alessi. Weimer, remember, um, had to ride with, what, a bloody mouth or something, choking on blood at Bud's Creek? And then <laughs> from, he had a... From JT's being, had, JT's vampiring him. JT's <laughs> Weimer has had a bunch of races this year no. where he's done well in the first moto, Alessi, and then something out of his hands in moto two has... Alessi's better. Up his re- Straight up, unless he's better. Not by much. It's close. That's my point. And there's still a lot of racing left. I don't right. think, and here's the other thing. I don't think anyone even remembers this. Weimer actually rode on the Nations team before, well, not yeah. even that long ago, but it seems like eons ago. So I think if they're close, him having experience in the race and him being a factory team, and I don't think it's total bullshit because I feel like they're so close no. I think they're closer than people think right now. No. Because no. Weimer's results keep getting jacked up for stupid reasons. Well, we don't want to get jacked up on the world's biggest stage. And and uh, this weekend I was talking to Blake Baggett's agent, who's Jimmy Button. He's very upset that people keep talking about Justin Barsha going to the Motocross Nations as the pick due to his speed in the sand. And he asked me what I think. And I said, I just think you send whatever, whoever American wins the title or whoever – Wins the title. I don't care. They're all super fast. Tomac, Barsha, Baggett. And I still wasn't enough for Jimmy. He said, no, the, 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 the 250F in the sand is going to get worked off the start. You need a rider who has the ability to come through the pack. You need a rider who can pass multiple dudes at one time. Jimmy's building the case for Baggett, no matter what, to, to go to Motocross Nations. And I, and I, just, I think he was getting a little upset because I shrugged my shoulders and go, I just send whoever win the title. You know, and he wasn't 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 good enough for him. What do you think, uh, JT? 
Well, I mean, that's his, that's his guy. So, obviously, he's going to build that case, you know, as much as he can. And he realized that he worked for the media and whatever. So, I can't say that I really want to argue with him. I think that making the case that you have to have somebody who can work through the pack, I think that's kind of a weak argument. Because I do, too. Barsha yeah. can work through the back, too. I mean, no. it's not like Barsha yeah. can't move up. That, that's yeah. that's silly to think that. that so that's my reasoning, um, like you just said, whoever wins the title. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that – I think that sending either one of them is a very strong pick. I don't think – you know, I don't think it's a big deal either way. Barsha's right. great in the sand. A great starter. Baggett is on fire right now. There's, you know, either one I, I would or have no problem. Tomac's dad is gnarly. Tomac's dad is gnarly. <laughs> and him. I, I have no problem sending either one of those two. Zero. Um, I, I would almost say, and this is, this is obviously probably going to piss some people off, but. Send out. What about if James doesn't race? If James doesn't race, which I think I think James Stewart goes to the designations, I really do. Right. But if for some reason he doesn't, what about Barsha on a 450? Bag it on the white spike, Barsha on a 450. You're, you're, you're going you're to skip Alessi and Weimer and just go with put put a dude I'm on just a 450. Yeah. Just saying. Is it? I mean, that's that's a possibility, right? Well, let, let me take that one step further. Is it absolutely crazy to think about sending John Dowd? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Do you know how awesome that would be? It's crazy. I mean, I'm all for it. I just, I, I man. In the sand. John Dowd. It's not, okay, honestly, if you look at his results, besides he had a great motor there, that was 09 now. His results haven't been unbelievable at South, but he's, what, like around 10th there? Yeah. And yeah. I think even he would tell you that part of that is not sand, it's Southwick-specific. Yeah, just knowledge specifically of that track. And Andrew says, first of all, it's not even like, it's not even a sand track in the same manner of this one. So what about I don't think what about Matt Gerke? Is that now crazy? Is that crazy? What's crazy? Yeah. To represent Canada. <laughs> What's crazier, Dowd or Gerke, JT? Crazier, I think, would be Dowd. So just you- on paper, you're going to send a forty. 40- Seven-year-old man to race for designations. I think that's crazy. Take that, you commies. That's what. That's what I would. You know. That's what the attitude I'd have. Okay. Are we racing China? I didn't realize China was. Uh, I, I channeled my Larry. I, I channeled my Larry Myers right there. But uh, <laughs> uh, what about Henry on the cage bike? Henry and Dowd. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Henry and Dowd. In the sand. And Gerke. I'll on the call it right now. I think. Gerke on a 125. No, at, at our team is, uh, I think it's going to be Baggett, James, and Dungey. Wow. That's, that's, I'll, I'll go on a limb and pick it yeah, now. Yeah, you sure are. What, is there any way you send Gerke? Why again? He turned his back in the United States. <laughs> All right. Do you he think, did. He's racing do you think the border. Gerke, he's a draft dodger. JT, do you think Gerke's even aware that he's in another country? Um, probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Send Gerke with the sexy devil gear. Forty-seven year old John Dowd and Henry in a cage, the ultimate B team. <laughs> think hey. what? They could race for like Guam. <laughs> 
Did you hear on the show, Bestwick, I was saying how uh, Thompson was in the top ten, and then Canary, who's from New York but is racing in Canada, is in the top ten. I mentioned that two separate things, and then he got confused and thought two Canadians had finished in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah, I got a tweet about that, or, or somebody told me about that. And again, and Wygant, you've heard this rant from me many times in private. If you're going to announce, like you don't see um, Troy Aikman just start talking about somebody that's like, you know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Eli Manning's really good, you know, like he's thro- throwing the ball well for the Cowboys. Like, these guys don't make mistakes because that but knowing Bobby Canari is American is as as much as breathing air for me and for all of us on the phone right now and for any announcer and to to make any mistake whatsoever about no not knowing that tells me all I need to know about your skills as an analyst that's it like I don't like he misheard you he, he didn't understand you, and there's a lot going on. But to not know Bobby Canari is American tells me you're an idiot. That's it. That's it. You shouldn't be announcing our sport. Thank you. The best part is his schedule doesn't allow him to go to any more races, but it'll be cool. I should probably not even say that because people are just going to think you said it. Fired. That's the best part. <laughs> But do you agree with me, JT? Like, that's just... No, a... I don't mean... No, whoa, hold on. Oh. I don't mean it's cool he's not going to any races. I'm saying what's cool no, is he's I do, not though. doing I do. any, and people are going <laughs> right. to think that he's got fired. Right. They're going to think, oh, you notice he didn't come back after those two? Well, he wasn't ever scheduled to, but people are going to think right. he got fired. I mean, this is my point. I don't know Jamie, and I'm sure he's a good guy. And maybe I'm... When I say he's an idiot, he's not an idiot. But, I mean, when you're calling a sport, they pick you because you're an expert on the sport, and you know everything about it. I'm not sure why how you can make that basic basic mistake. That's all, and I I just think that kind of stuff. And the Supercross guys do it too. Ralph, Ricky, Jeff, they do it also. Where where it's the basic things that all three of us know, and not just and that's not like all three of us are rocket scientists, but it, it it's the things like that that blow me away because the the dudes on NFL, the dudes announcing Major League Baseball. NASCAR, they can tell you 50 facts about anybody out in that field or on that racetrack. And we can't? We can't get dudes who know 50 facts about Bobby Canari? We can only get a guy who doesn't even know what country he's from? Really? <laughs> like, really? I, it just it boggles my mind, Wygant. And, you know, I don't know who your bosses are, who makes calls like that. It just it freaks me out. It gets me upset that this is acceptable for our sport. Um, I think that we should weird. get Riker Sherlock for Millville. That's just me. Right. Why not? He's probably... He's, he's Biker sp- Sherlock or possibly that 12-year-old skater. Biker Sherlock probably has time on his hands. His sport hasn't really hit hit this peak like he he and so many others predicted. <laughs> um, he's probably... Sitting- I mean, I, I'm in full agreement with you. I think Thank that... You. Thank you. I, I know why Gant can't be in agreement with me. I understand that. Thank you, JT. I, I, I'm not as harsh about him being an idiot or whatever. I just I think he's put in a bad spot. He shouldn't be an analyst in a sport he doesn't compete in. That's all. Well, I would never be so bold as to try to lend expert analysis on a sport I don't play. I, I just I wouldn't do that. And I, I think for him to try to do that, I'm not sure if it's 
ego or if he just really enjoys it and like, oh, screw it, I don't, I don't care if, you know, whatever. No, somebody, just, no, somebody at NBC Sports is like, action sports, motocross, yeah, we got an action sports guy, Bestwick, go do it. You know? Um, yeah, I think, that's sure just, that's I think that's just a slap in the face to the hardcore fan. I really do. To anybody. Never mind to a hardcore fan. I don't even fan. know if that's where the decision came from. Um, I know that when this was all in the works, I think it was like early 09 or maybe late 08 when it was like, you know, Ally and MX Sports have the series. How are they going to do TV? What networks are they going to be on? And at that point, I was getting some information that I might have the gig and I might not. And then you wouldn't hear anything for months. In some of those conversations, I heard that, you know, some motocross people went to some ally events, and some ally people went to some motocross events. And I heard the motocross folks saw Jamie Beswick, I think, in the crowd doing, like, on-camera type of stuff and thought, this guy is a great personality. He tells it like it is. It would be really cool to have him as, like, an additional sideline guy to make three or four points during the day. Like, I'm down here, LaRocco's Leap. It's awesome. It's radical. And that would sound cool. And it's kind of like, this dude does something extreme, and he's giving it the stamp of approval so it must be cool. And then somewhere, and we did use him that way for a year or two. He was like an additional pit reporter, which I think is a role that I don't, I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. Um, and then somewhere along the way, he moved into the booth. And I think, I don't think he asked. Um, he, didn't, he didn't say no, though. And maybe that's the difference. Like, JT, wow. you're saying, like, it's going to make me look bad. I don't want to do it. And I would, be, I would be the same way. You know what I mean? Um, but... He didn't say no, but I know he didn't come to anyone and say, I, I want to be in the booth. Somewhere along the way, he, his role changed. Yeah, I'm it, sure how that it's happened. just like I said, I don't care who's in the booth. Just yeah. know your facts. Know your stuff. If you have an opinion, that's cool. Maybe it's not a great opinion. Maybe your opinion is off base a little bit, like Tedesco getting demoted. I can deal with the opinion stuff being wrong because that is, after all, an opinion. Uh, I've been there. But when you don't know your facts, like demotions or whatever, you're, you need to go. And I would, if I was watching NFL football and some guy told me Eli Manning played for the Cowboys, I'd be like, you need to go. You need to go right now. And it's that basic to me. It's that basic. And, and I don't get why we don't get that in our sport. And we just go, yeah, man, cool. Let's get that guy. It blows me away. Yeah, and I, I don't even think it's his fault. It's really not. It's well, whoever right. whoever decided to put him in that role. It's yeah. their fault. Why can't? Why can't did? Yeah, it was me. It was me. <laughs> you know. Anyways. I don't even know when gates drop. I can't even recognize when a gate drops <laughs> yeah, in a moto. That's an excellent point. You guys can't tell the difference in the pace between the hot lap and the race. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyways, um, I that's that's. I think I'm, if you I'm went done. back and asked someone how he got in this position, I think. It's like the game of telephone. I don't think anyone, like I said, right. I know what the intent was four years ago, and then somehow he made it into the booth, and I don't think any one person, it's like miscommunication and he's in the booth. I swear that's how it worked. Like no one, even right. himself, would probably even know how this transition happened. And but there he it, is. It's the same thing when we have a live Supercross show and RC and Emig and Ralph are up there and Sean Hackley's leading an LCQ or whoever, and they know nothing about the guy, and they talk about, Something else instead of that guy in the moment. It should be complete experts up there on every rider and every team. And if you don't have experts, hire someone to get you some facts. Ala Wygant at X Games for the last few years, although not this year. BJ Smith did it. Get get facts about 
you know, everything. Because when I watch sports and I watch NFL and NHL religiously, those dudes got it all down and know what's going on. Whether it's them or someone helping them, I don't know. We're not on that level, and it makes us look cheeseball to me. But it, yeah, there's no seamless. way. It's better. Okay. There's, no, there's, not a, there's no way a fan watches any of those sports, no matter how hardcore of a fan you are. You might at best be able to match them, where everything they say you already knew. But there's no way you're watching an NBA game. And Why do you got to bring NBA up? Why can't you bring an NHL? Whatever. You, you're as big an NHL fan as there is, correct? Correct. There's no way you're watching a game and like knowing twice as much information as those guys. At right. best, you can match them. Yes. But they are at least as knowledgeable as the most knowledgeable fan, if not more. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We're not like that. We have Emig, who seems to talk to three or four teams and knows what's going on with three or four teams and doesn't seem to know much about the motorcycle itself and what it's doing out there. We got Ralph, who's really just calling things. We got Beswick, who jumps into a series at round five and, and obviously hasn't been paying much attention to it. And is making fundamental mistakes. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. Whatever. Like, maybe someone's happy with all that. I'm not. I piss ex- well, excellence. I feel like the <laughs> the big the stick and ball sorts, and you see like you know Fox carrying an NFL game or something. Those guys have spotters. They have you know guys in the getting getting their information. If they're showing a guy, they're sticking a piece of paper with his you know, stats and where he's from and where he went to school and all this stuff in front of him, and it's all seamless. You would never know, but that's, you know, well, that's stuff yeah. going on behind the scenes, and I feel like we could benefit from that kind of stuff, you know? Well, and, that, and we did that for X Games for a number of years. Right. And yeah, that's yeah, what your job is. But we don't have that yeah, in our sport now. Yeah. Well, why not? How hard is that? I, I don't know. I'm just saying we could money. benefit from that. It costs a lot of money. I mean, we're on... Like, I'll do it for free. If I'm not racing next year... I'll go in there. I can tell you anything you want to know. You want to know something about Joey Greco in 35th place? You want to know? You know what I mean? I'll do it. If it's going to help the sport and help guys get recognition and make it look better, I'll do it. I don't care. I mean, it's yeah. there's, there's definitely a use for it, I think. We're on the problem NBC's- is to do it correctly, it, it really is. Um, it's like busy work. Like, that's what I did. I spent three months doing busy work because you have to – you not only have to know it, but you have to make sure it's formatted in such a way that it's easily digest. Like you have to create this giant binder with all this info that is like easily handed over and read within seconds. And now you're talking hours and hours and hours of typing and formatting and proofreading and checking. Nah, and no one's going to do that. Nah. I call bullshit on that. No, it's true. Like, okay, no, I know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I, know I know we're all that. experts, but at X Games, I had to know the name of the parents and siblings uh, and grandparents of every athlete there. Like, to have that on a list, no one's going to know that about every single athlete at the top of their head. It's not possible. No. So now you've got to have it formatted. I'm and not the birth even, date. I'm not saying you need to do that. Had. I'm saying you need to know what country Bobby Canari is from. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to know anything else. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be yes, perfect. But I, anything is an improvement over now. What you right. did, Wygant, was excessive. It was crazy. I agree. And kudos yes. to, to X Games for that. I'm saying let's get 25% of that out there somehow so that Beswick can know, you know, he should just know Bobby Canari anyways. But, you know, so he so Beswick can know this kind of stuff and study it and I don't know. You know what? We're an hour and 28 minutes in. We got to go. But it's ridiculous. Well, I have a perfect example it. just to just and, – yeah. and I'll shut up after this. At Anaheim – 
three, I believe. A kid whole shot at the lights, last chance. And I've watched this race a million times because I have no life. But honestly, like, it was Fro, RC, and Ralph or whatever. And they had no clue. They didn't know one thing about him. They barely knew his name. They had, you know what I mean? He led for two or three laps, and it was just dead air, you know, basically because they had nothing to talk about. They didn't know him. They didn't know one. And the guy was having a race of his life. You know what I mean? It's like, actually, it was a heat race. It wasn't even the last chance. It was the heat race. This guy was leading the heat race. Who was it? And, uh, man, I, I wish I could tell you his name. I, I would have to go back and look at it. He was on a Kawasaki. I want to say it was number 128. But, um, oh. honestly, it was just, uh, you know, I, I felt bad for the kid because this was a shining moment. You know, yeah. he's on live TV well, leading, leading the heat race, and they didn't know one thing to say. My example was Sean Hackley, who has a national number and was on many teams over the years. And he's black. So, I mean, you can at least go with he's black. That's something that you could go with. <laughs> Maybe you can't in these politically correct times, but, you know. My I'm just saying in yeah. any other sport, that would never happen. No, of course You'd not. You'd never no. see that happen. No, and, and my example is worse. is Sean Hackley, who's a known guy. Yeah. You know? Um, they had nothing. They had nothing for him. And these teams and riders would love to get knowledge about everybody. I don't know. Uh of course, Wygant, I feel like, uh, in, I guess it just looks pathetic, but I feel like you're the best guy we have, and you know you can do this job, and you do it well, and you know a lot about these guys. But other than that, yeah, I don't know. You know what bums me out about it, though, is that um, I, I do, I'm going to say, I, I, actually get a, I actually get a lot of compliments on the shows. And you know, I was told when I took this job, like, don't read the message boards, don't don't get feedback from people. All they're going to do is rip you. And I always wanted to say, if you do a good job, they don't rip you. And if, I'll go on vital. I hear either nothing or more good things than bad. I swear. I really do. There have been threads about doing a good job. It is possible if you actually do a good job right. to get compliments. That was always, I didn't want to say that because it sounds cocky. But if you do a bad job, people say you do a bad job. That's part of it. It's not just fans are evil. You do have this responsibility to actually do well. But what I think is unfortunate is I think most of the time when people say I'm doing a good job, they're like, because he knows the sport or because he works for the sport during the week and he knows all this. To me, that's just the price of entry. Like, I shouldn't be complimented on that. I want to be considered good because I'm a good broadcaster, a good announcer, or can do all the other things we have to do, like get it to commercial on time and swing this promo in here and handle this part. I mean, we are changing so much stuff in the course of a four-hour straight live show that you don't know because, like JT said, we're doing it seamlessly. I want to be complimented on that. Complimented because I know the riders in the top 20, that should not be an exception. That should not be worth complimenting. And to me, it almost takes away because I feel like people think that the reason I'm doing a good job when they do say that is just because I know the racing. That's not why. Everybody should know the racing. You shouldn't even be in there. What if you're Irv Braun then, and you're, you've been in the sport for decades? That's what I'm saying. Right. I, it, it's the pro, it, that's just – you should never be complimented on that. That should just be taken for granted. Yeah. If you're doing a good job, it should be because you're actually a good announcer, not because you know the sport. Well, my point is, is Irv, in there Irv's the been in the sport forever. And, he, and look at Irv. He's clueless. So yeah. just being in a sport doesn't make Jason Wygan a good announcer. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. Just because I work for a magazine during the week isn't the reason why the shows go well. 
you know, if that were the case, there's plenty of fans we could pull in over the fence that probably know a lot about a lot of riders. Pull Jody Wise. mean that they would. Jody Wise works for a magazine. We can pull him out. See how he does. We would, yeah, and you know that's what bums me out because I'm always worried one of these days. You know, things happen in a, in a glance. You know, I could do a good job, or people could like what I'm doing, and one year to the next, I could be out of a gig. It's just the way TV works. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if next year NBC says we have a guy we're already paying and he doesn't have any? We don't have any spots for him. We're putting him in. His name's Jamie Beswick. <laughs> His name's Jamie Beswick. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like you just never know. Um, so I'm trying to explain to people that I'm not just doing it because I happen to know the sport. Like there's something right. a little harder to master than that. But man, it's not. It's not the price of entry. It's like that's an exception. You actually know something. It really bums me out. And then somehow the girls that we have doing pit reporter, doing pit reporting work, they do a great job figuring all this stuff out. I think that girl's been awesome. I think she's been terrific, and I can't believe she literally didn't know much about the sport at Hangtown. It's amazing. She's been a, she's been a great job. That's my point. Like they're professionals, and they know this is what I have to do. I need to study the shit out of this, so I sound knowledgeable. That's right. just part of the deal. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Uh, for someone who doesn't know, you would never know, and. And I know she doesn't know, and I still can't tell that she doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you know someone doesn't know something, it's usually very easy to tell that they're faking it. And I, I just don't, I don't pick that up. So she's doing, I thought she was doing a great job as well. That's being a, a pro. And, man, if, if Speed ever wanted to call me and say, hey, next week we need you to announce an AMA Superbike race, I would be drowning in DVDs and writing notes and doing flashcards and studying every last inch oh, for the yeah. same reason. I need to know and about not get caught looking like an outsider. Like you have to take pride in that. All you need to know is Scott Russell's the man. That's all you need to know for that kind of stuff. But that would be I'm not joking. <laughs> that would be the mentality. Uh, Scott Russell's there, he'll handle that. No, I meant I on the track. Call out numbers and names. No, I meant on the track. Oh, he doesn't race anymore? Yep. Oh. No. He's the color commentator. Oh, he is? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> no. That's what you meant. No, I was joking like he's just still winning races. Like, that's how clueless I am about road racing. Oh. He's the color commentator. But I think a lot of people would think that. Like, well, we got an expert in how there. Can you under- how can you understand him? Does he still have that twang? It's gnarly. The accent's gnarly. Yeah. Um, anyways, all right, let's wrap this up. Uh, we're, we're, next week, we will, I will vent again um, about the announcing and the basics. No, you won't. Best Week's not back. Oh, okay. I'm done then. Um btosports.com, RacerX podcast, Redbud wrap-up. Thank you, uh, Jason Thomas and Jason Wygant. Good times, and uh, we'll reconvene next week where we will have the Dowd-Thomas battle part two. It's like, it's like a sequel. Nothing is over, Steve. <laughs> you will show that 47-year-old man what is up. You got me the second moto, so I'm looking for payback. <laughs> Good times. Thanks, guys. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.